Well, welcome to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Next to me, Shane Bishop. And my name is Mike Wooten. We are happy to have you join us. This is where we talk all things in cultural leadership and much more. We are here to help you navigate the changes you're going through. And we are in episode 15 and the second part of our conversation about bringing light instead of heat in a polarized and disrupted world. But Shane, before we get started, I have found some questions that I want to ask and discuss with you. Terrible. Okay, and these are Let from... Let me guess, you found them on the internet. Shane, these are from the internet. Oh, boy. Terrible. So we're going to talk about these questions, and actually, I have embedded a good question in the midst of these questions, so that, all I'm saying is that you got to pay attention. All right. Because I know a lot of times you listen to two, and you check out. That's true. And That's you say true. stuff like, pass. Pass, right. Uh, do you <laughs> or, realize I'll never get this time back? <laughs> those type of things. Yeah. So... I have one good okay. question in here, Got, but gotcha. here's the first question. Okay, but this isn't the good this one. This is not the good <laughs> one. Right. You, I mean, like, if you want to talk about starting off bad, right, right. we're getting right into it. All right, it. good. Here we go. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes, <laughs> because it has a bun. Yes, because it has a and bun. And is open to condiments. Okay, see, I would say it is not because there's no stacking. I think... <laughs> I think... I think it's... <laughs> Stacking, huh? Stacking you is gotta an, stack. You got a stacking is an important part of the sandwich. Okay, you place a hot dog on a bun. Also, it's not covered up, and that's why I even I would even dispute if open face sandwiches are sandwiches because of my stacking uh, kind of idea here. I don't like hot dogs because when I was a little boy, yeah. my dad had an uncle that lived in Knoxville, and he worked at a packing house. <laughs> And I guess his whole goal for the tour yeah. was to make sure I never ate another hot dog because he showed me everything that went into hot dogs and then showed me how hot dogs were made. And I mean, seriously, freaked me out. It was the most disgusting, disgusting. thing I have ever, ever heard in my life. So it, it, it really did. So for me, I do stack hot dogs. I put a bun. I stack a hot dog. I stack relish. I stack ketchup. Mm. And I stack mustard, and then I grab the hot dog, I throw it in the trash, and I eat what's left. <laughs> Is that stacking? That's not stacking. You know what I found? I'm never not. I've never really been a hot dog fan. However, there's these hot dogs called Hebrew Nationals. I've seen those. So you get six of them for like six bucks. It's ridiculous. Okay? Right? Would you say it's an expensive hot dog? It, which is yeah, seems like because uh, you know what an they're oxymoron. made of. <laughs> crap and gelatin. Okay, well, this must be high-quality crap and gelatin. Yeah, right. Because I mean, they taste better. Everything then, on a pig you can puree <laughs> that doesn't have market value yeah. and dye pink is in a hot dog. I'm just telling you right now. And then Valerie went to Aldi the other day, and you know how they'll get special? You may or may not know this. They'll get some type of temporary food item that's normally more expensive at other stores. She got a pack of hot dogs for two or two bucks. She saw them at another grocery store like Target. They're $9 for six hot dogs. Do you realize Target will never be a sponsor of our show now because you've like sold them out no. on, on high pricing? Well, all bad publicity is good publicity. Oh, is that right? No I such hear. thing as bad publicity. That's how it goes. All yeah. right. So I think they're going to be happy about it. And we'll once a sponsor We'll us. get into a Twitter fight, and it will actually up their brand. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to get in a Twitter fight. Okay, speaking of uh, uh, Twitter fights, what is something, something that everyone looks stupid doing? 
is there something that everyone looks stupid doing? Let me tell you mine. How about that? Right now, we probably look pretty stupid if someone just came walk by. No, I don't. I, I look great. Oh, no, you You're do. looking old. I, I mean, I, I don't get it, man. I wish I, wish I kept, I, I wish I wasn't hearing that so often. One time you think it's someone being funny. When you hear it week after week after week, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's actually happening. I'm yeah, it's kind of the, yeah, it's, it's more of a natural process than a Benjamin Button thing. I would go for the Benjamin Button Because, yeah, it's Button more like how right Brad Pitt might turn into Mickey Rooney kind of thing going here. Do you think it'd be Mickey Rooney? Uh, no. Very kind of no. resemblance right no. now. Well, you know, you get the you, four oh, most famous Mickeys in the world, right? Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mantle, Mickey Rooney, and Mickey Way. I don't the know candy that last bar. one. Milky Way? Well, you know. Yeah, okay. Maybe the three. All right. We'll skip that one. That's for you, you Jim got... Baker. Go right ahead. All right, all right. Here we go. Here comes the next one. In 40 years, what will people be nostalgic for? And now you brought up something interesting recently. You told we were just having a conversation, or I overheard you having a conversation about antiques. Yeah. About when antiques came about, right? Or the popularization of them. Was that the beginning of the computer age? Is yeah, that antiques really became popular at the beginning of computerization. And, and the theory is, from an anthropological standpoint, is the more out of control our lives feel, the more need we have to retreat. And so, you know, you, you look at all these things like, like old-time candies mm -hmm. are coming back. It's like yesterday's candies at today's prices. Yeah. Uh, even even th things like collecting baseball cards that you would have had when you were a child. Antiques go to somewhere like Cracker Barrel. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's creating a safer time, maybe a more sentimental time. But, yeah, I think that happens. You know, it's funny when you said that about old candies. I often – I'll see old candy because, you know, they sell, they sell them now. And I'll think about my dad or my grandpa or my father-in-law and think, did they eat these growing up? So there is like a little bit of a connection there in a different way. Well, and we have this association with candy – as tasty things, but I remember stuff like whorehound, and <laughs> oh, I remember terrible. some of those yeah. old licorices yeah. that were just truly awful tasting so things, who, but people ate them. Yeah, people ate kids as well. Because I don't know that kids ate them. I don't it remember. Like, it was like an adult candy. Yeah, or I don't something. remember like any of my buddies saying, hey, let's go to the store and buy a half pound of whorehound. I don't remember that. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. Uh, let's skip a couple questions well, here. Well, I was liking I'm, all of them. Well, I felt you, like this was better than I've, usual. I feel like I'm on a roll. Uh, so w was there a, actually, I think I know the answer because coincidentally it tied into a recent sermon. Was there a movie as a kid that completely scared you? Was oh, there a sure. movie as a kid that really completely scared yeah, you? Yeah, I'd say the movies that freaked me out. Yeah. We used to go to the theater, drive-in theater, right? Uh -huh. And uh, they would have double features. So mom and dad would take us to watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Do you remember the show? Yeah, Chitty it's Chitty on Bang Disney Bang? Plus now. We love you. Right, right. And, but if you turned around backwards, you got to watch Planet of the Apes because mm. it was on a different screen. But I never had sound. I was like, I was in my late 20s before I realized Planet of the Apes were not silent movies. <laughs> oh, wow. So they never had sound. But I would watch that, <laughs> and it would scare me. Uh -huh. I mean, it, it really, really would. So I think the first movies I ever watched that scared me we're the planet of the apes, so you're, the silent movie. The silent movie. So you're in the backseat of the station wagon. Right. Whatever car. And then mom and dad are looking ahead and you're sneaking. They're watching turning. Dick Van Dyke yeah. and Chitty Chitty Bang Chitty. Bang, right? Is it, is, it, is it Dick Van Dyke or was it uh, Barney, what's his name? Rubble. Uh, Barney Rubble no, from no, the Flintstones. No, no, he was no, a cartoon, Barney. Mike. No, uh, what's his name from Andy Griffith? I have no idea. You, Don Knotts. Don Knotts. No, I, I don't think it was Don Knotts, okay, but I, we, we can see. We, can, we won't. No, we, I don't neither care. Neither one of us will. No, neither of us. So that will not happen. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, 
I don't want to leave you. These are both terrible. Okay, but listen. you wrote them. How can anybody well, write I found a question them on the internet. They're terrible. I wish they would write better on the internet. How about this? Finally, toilet paper. Does it need to go in with over? You pull it or or uh, excuse me, over or under? No, toilet pa- paper is like a waterfall. It needs to gently cascade over, mm. over the I, roll. It cascades over gently, and then from there you have perfect <laughs> access. For a nice crisp tear along the perforated lines. See, I'm I'm more of an under. I feel like it looks tidier, and I feel like it, it's going with the direction that you're in. Now, see, you don't have a good crisp though. I mean, you're you're just pulling it, and it's just flying nah, out of there, right, man. It's just flying out at you. I I think we've discovered a lot of your problems just now. You're an under. Just listen. I'm to kind all. of an over. You guy. are. Yeah. You're over. I'm I'm under. Over well, under. Over under. There you go. Well. uh... We want to apologize for that first segment. Just kidding. All right. So we want to get into our content. Yeah, our only sponsor just asked for his $10 <laughs> exactly back. I just got a right. text. <laughs> so well, let me quickly recap our last episode. We are in part two of our conversation of how to bring light to a world that is full of heat. Here's what we talked about last time that can help you navigate through the changes that you need to walk through. First, realize we might not be right, at least about everything. Two, listen as much as you speak and read as twice as much as you write. Three, treat everyone well, even those who disagree with you. Four, control your impulses and don't get dragged into nasty debates. If you missed our last episode, we encourage you to go back and catch up. So let's move in here to our next tip, Shane. Before we do that, though, I want to comment on two things. I would say, especially those that disagree with you, treat them well, because that shows that God is doing something in your life And on don't getting dragged into nasty debates, you never want to get dragged into that. Because let me tell you how it always ends. It ends up with you arguing with someone that has three Facebook friends and a cat as a profile picture. That's not where you want to go, Mike. No, it's not. Not at all. Well, Shane, our next tip is to uh, say, is not to try, excuse me, try not to take everything so personally. This is something that everyone needs to do. What do you think, Shane? I divide my life into professional and personal, and here's the division. Any stressors I have that would go away if I quit my job are professional. And any stressors I have that would continue if I quit my job is personal. So I think knowing the difference, Mike, between Mm -hmm. personal and professional is really important. A lot of people think they're being personally attacked, and it's ridiculous. Anybody that had their job would be getting attacked in that exact same way. And being able to, what would I say, get over yourself enough to say this really isn't me, it's about the position I hold, I think can be really healthy. Shane, you know, thick skin, I've heard you talk about kind of growing thick skin over the years. Do some people just have thick skin, do you think, right away? Or do you think most people really have to develop in terms of not taking things personally or the the criticism? What what are your thoughts on that? I think some people naturally... Uh, deflect criticism better. And, and frankly, Mike, I think it has to do with self-esteem. Okay. You know, I think when you were growing up, if you came from a really, really functional family and, and that celebrated you and all of those things, I, I think you, in, you view life one way. If you had some real holes mm-hmm. growing up, yeah. I, I think that people that do that maybe tend to take criticism uh, a little more, it's, it's harder for them. Yeah. And so I, I think a lot of it's based on self-esteem. The higher your self-esteem, probably the better able 
you're going to be to handle criticism. The lower your self-esteem, the, the worse it's going to hurt. But I still think you can learn skills sure. that, that help. Do you think, and I know saying be professional may be very wide to say that, but do you think really growing into a profession um, almost connected with adulthood, it's just part of the process is growing this thicker skin. Is it almost like, uh, is it supposed to be a part of that process? Is it a positive thing about just growing thicker skin as a professional? Because here's why I say that. Uh, I, I think some maybe millennials or, or some people just have a hard time understanding this is a part of a process. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, I'm not one of these guys that thinks higher education is a uh, is a surefire bet on everything anymore. But I will tell you this. If you get a college degree, you have sat in a speech class where the instructor told you you weren't very good. You have written a paper where somebody gave you a really low mark and the whole thing was full of, of red. You have sang and somebody told you that you really needed to improve. I think part of formal education is getting some constructive criticism and learning to take that. And uh, I think that if you don't have that, I think all of a sudden now you've got to learn a lot of that on your own. I know people who perform at really high levels of anything have endured massive amounts of criticism and yet they keep on. Yeah. In fact, you saying that I I talked to a Don Frazier recently, Dr. Don, uh, he was talking about going to Juilliard, and he said he had one class where it seemed like, you know, there would be singing in that class, and the professor would all, someone would always break down in that class, and he said that, uh, you know, really, it was an awful class, he thought, for the semester, but when it was all said and done, Don said he was really grateful because it helped him be tougher, it helped him handle criticism, and he said that if he wouldn't have had that, he wouldn't have been ready for the real professional world <laughs> as a singer. And so I found it fascinating that, uh, you know, sometimes those, uh, he didn't think, the professor wasn't doing it without purpose, he was trying to make his students tougher. And I do think that, especially for millennials, I, I do think that we need to think a little bit about you know, things we go through, maybe it's getting us tougher for the future, and it can be a very positive thing. Well, a lot of times we have to have people in our lives who love us enough to tell us the truth. Yeah. I remember when American Idol first came out, and Simon Crowell was just terrible to uh, everybody, you know, but, you know, somebody would sing, and they would just be awful, and he would say something very insensitive for the entertainment of the audience, but then they'd kind of start crying, and they said, well, well, my family told me I was a great singer, and I'm sitting there thinking, your family lied to you. <laughs> right. They did not do you a service, yeah. you know? Yeah. we got to have people who love us enough to tell us the truth. And for me, Mike, I can take criticism from people who love me and want what's best for me. That is constructive. Yeah. Critics don't help me at all. Mm. Very good. And we have to have those people in our life. Well, Shane, another way we can bring light instead of heat is through prayer. How can we use prayer to bring that light? What if every time we wanted to make a snarky comment, instead of that, we actually prayed for someone? Do you realize the Bible tells us to do that? To pray for those who who persecute you. You realize nowhere in the Bible does it say return snark for snark. Uh, But it does say to, to pray. I consider prayer to be a self-management skill. 
let's say you're working on your impulse control. How about before you post anything, you pray about it and just say, God, I've got this in front of me. Is this something that'd be helpful? Is this something that would honor you? What if we prayed about things before we posted them? I think prayer is the most underutilized of all of the true spiritual weapons that Christians have. And putting it into play, I think there's no downside. Absolutely, Shane. One of the things this reminded me uh, of you were talking is about how sometimes, though, because you were talking about snark people, uh, snark that people bring our way, is that sometimes they have a valid criticism that maybe we haven't brought into account. So obviously we should pray for them. And I think you've told stories before about how people have come to you with a lot of heat, and you've kind of stepped back and objectively tried to figure out if they had a point or not. Has that happened before? Uh, and uh, have you found that sometimes those criticisms are true, even though they're bringing a lot of heat your way? Yeah, we can't just instantly dismiss every criticism simply because somebody's giving it in a uncivil way. And so one of the things I try to listen to, you know, somebody writes me a letter and they list 10 things, 10 reasons I'm the most terrible human being that's ever lived. You know, I think one of the things you want to do right away is just is just say, well, that's all ridiculous. But but maybe it's not all ridiculous. God doesn't always speak to us through our fans. Uh, is there anything in there that is a point? Yeah. Does the person have a point anywhere? I think it's fair to ask ourselves tough questions. I think it is fair to say, you know, you know, Mike, who is someone to say, well, I can't be questioned. Are we God? Right. You know, I think it's a not always a bad thing. And I think wise people can grow yeah. by paying attention and not just yeah. dismissing everything. And I think that talks back to you have to have some thick skin. To do Absolutely. that, right? you can't if you just don't dismiss it. To really look at that, look ourselves in the mirror, yeah. you have to have thick skin. But also, because one thing I do see happen in the, in the Christian world, we have to pray for people. But sometimes I do think people use prayer in a way that is not, uh, they're not in the reality of the moment. And so I just think that both we pray for people, but we also have to be, you know, able to listen. And, and maybe if someone has a valid criticism. We shouldn't just too easily write everything off. And I don't mean this in a bad way, or maybe I do. Just because somebody's an idiot doesn't mean they don't occasionally have a good point. Right. And just because somebody gives you something in a uh, way that's very difficult to receive it doesn't mean that there's not something there to be received. All right, we're going to go into our final way to bring light instead of heat. It's about th thinking through the other person's perspective who stresses us. What do you think, Shane? I love this one. I love this one. Uh, just remember, that person that really, really stresses you, you probably stress them too. That person <laughs> that you just can't unfriend because you're too closely connected by relatives or something to that effect, that person that every single thing they post just gripes you at the innermost level you probably stress them just as badly. And I think that's a lesson in self-awareness. I have found over the years that people will come to me and, and they're all stressed about the church. I have found 99% of the time the church is stressed about them. So it, it's, it's really a door that swings yeah. both ways. So keep in mind, if somebody's really stressing you, yeah. you're probably really stressing them. That's a great lesson in self-awareness, maybe a little bit of empathy at the same time. Well, Shane, we're going to close this out 
We've been talking, of course, about light, having light of Christ in the midst of heat. Are there any final thoughts you want to give our audience before we finish today? I think if there were two issues that have to do with light instead of heat that people could really work on, number one is just self-esteem. I'm going to say that the more healthy your self-esteem is, the better you are going to be able to deal with conflict, period. And conflict will be more navigable if you have higher self-esteem. And I, I want to be very honest with you. If, if, if this is a reoccurring problem for you, it, it will show up in many areas of your life. This is one of those things that I would get some help with. I'd get some professional help with. Because if your self-esteem is low, you're always going to take things the wrong way. You're always going to think you're the one that made the mistake. You're always going to be down on yourself. You're always going to listen to every single thing bad said about you. You're always going to believe your critics. And so I would just say get some help with that. That's a really, really tough way to live. So that would be one of my thoughts. And my final thought when it comes to just being light is just pray for discernment. One of the callings I feel that I have on my life is, is to bring light. I, I want to, to be a positive person. I want to point people to Jesus. I'm going to stand my ground, but I'm not going to make enemies out of people that disagree with me. It doesn't mean they won't make an enemy out of me. Uh, it, I always said it takes two people to have a war. So they may consider me an enemy, but I'm always going to leave them one enemy short of a war. And so I'm just not going to go there with them. And so when it comes to shedding light, if, if we're just clear about our mission, if we're clear about what we're trying to do in our lives with our families, and if what you're trying to do is point people to Jesus, if what you're trying to do is point people to a more civil place, if what you're trying to do is make a stand for the things that are important to you, but do it in a way that can be received by others, if that's what you're trying to do, I would just stay, say, stay in line with your own mission. Think through everything you do, particularly things that you're doing when there's all kinds of heat flying around. The last thing fires need is more gasoline. What happens is it just creates more heat. Light is found on the other side of the heat. A lot of times I will start writing a blog when everything is breaking loose, I will not publish that blog until I feel I have something to say. And I've written a lot of things that I never published because I didn't feel like I had anything helpful to say. But at the end of the day, we're going to have a choice. Every minute of our life, we can add to the heat or we can shed some light. I want to be a light shedder, not a heat spreader. Amen. We pray that clarity touches your heart and your mind today. Well, we are so glad that you could join us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, reach out to me and Michael Wooten at MyChristChurch.com. Thank you for joining us, and make sure that you keep the change.